97X, The Future of Rock and Roll with the Jesus and Mary Chain, Just Like Honey. Ministry and Spoon got things kicked off. All weekend long on 97X, we'll be playing songs from bands that are guaranteed to be household names in the next three years. We're betting the farms on these bands. Urban Dance Squad, Papa Fritas, Bill Canto, Gaggy Tal, and more. Bands that in a few years you'll hear while shopping at Sears. Dave. All weekend long, brought to you by AG True Value. Dave. Here at 97X, the future, yeah. No. Uh, the the future is now in the past. 97X is no more. And you know what? I'm not even going to get into it with those bands. But you go Urban ahead. Dance Squad, huge. They're going to be huge. Yeah. yeah, you go ahead and believe huge. that if you want, my friend. But actually, we're just... Ah. Gaggy Talk. We're doing be, a podcast, Dave. Dave, it's a podcast. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. 2021. Yeah. And due to the pandemic, you're at yeah. your palatial estate. I'm in the party dungeon, my basement. And um, we just we just let it roll. We roll tape, yeah. even though it's not okay. tape anymore. And, and we talk to folks that were involved in 97X in some way, shape, or form. You can listen to the episodes on 97xbam.com. And today, we have Mark... Abu Zahab joining us, although he said he just went by Mark on 97X. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, Mark, when did you join 97X? So I started in uh, 1998. I was only there for a, a brief period, and um, I started doing overnights. And then after Dorsey left, uh, was promoted to afternoons and music director for a while and was there through uh, 99. So I was really only there uh, just a little over a year. Uh, let's run down because we're, we're on a frater- special fraternity all of ourselves doing overnights at 97X. Both Damien and I have done. Now, now, what was your experience in 1998 of doing overnights at 97X in Oxford, Ohio? Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we uh, we had just started uh, streaming on the web uh, when I started, so that was relatively new technology, um, and it was funny. We were kind of limited by uh, at the time. I think the bandwidth or uh, how we jury rigged the uh, the streaming. So I think only a hundred people could listen at one time, which normally wasn't an issue at these events. But uh, there were some occasions, like uh, you know, when we had a big interview, like when we had Guided by Voices come in to. Uh, you know, to talk about their uh, TVT debut, the the album that Rick Ocasek uh, produced, and uh, yeah, we maxed out the uh, the hundred people uh, <laughs> the hundred people limit then. But yeah, overnights was fun because uh, you know we could you know you could get away with uh, playing what you wanted every once in a while. It was uh, a lot of fun getting all the uh, regular callers calling in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you you've become kind of a kind of a bartender talking to these people that, that call in late at night requesting songs and <laughs> hearing their problems. So, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a blast. Now, uh, you didn't mention anything about taking the trash out. Did they, did they push that off on somebody else? Oh, no, I had to take the trash out. Yeah, that was definitely part of the uh, responsibilities of, uh, of doing overnights. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, um, would fish out people's uh, uh, soda cans and put them in a recycling bin. So that was my, uh, you know, <laughs> my little nod to uh, <laughs> to doing the job well, I guess. Ooh, You're put- putting the G in ecology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we had to read all those little green minutes about mm-hmm, uh, exactly. saving the planet. So I figured, I figured it starts, you know, it starts right here in the uh, the 97X studios. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, you know. I left at the very end of 97, so we weren't, you know, on uh, the internet at the time yet. 
the World Wide Web, what they called it at, the, at that time. Um, but but since you were doing overnights, technically you weren't doing overnights. You might have been doing morning drive time or afternoon drive time, depending where someone was listening. True, true. Um, you may remember that at 97X we had two phone numbers. We used to give out the uh, the, the local phone number and then the uh, phone number for uh, for the Cincinnati area. Mm -hmm. Call in and, and that number. So I used to uh, I used to always give out both numbers, and then because we we're on the web, I would always just come up with a different country. Like say, if you were listening in Burkina Faso, you may have to you know, <laughs> add a one and a country code in front of that. Uh, that was always my fun when I did contests. It's just. Uh, <laughs> Try to come up with different countries. Uh, or, or Did anyone from Laos ever win uh, a five dollar gift certificate at the Oxford Kroger Save On? Uh, not to my knowledge, I, I don't remember anyone a... from outside of the uh, the area. But you know, we did. The, you know, there, there were some of Doug's family members in San Francisco that were listening. They they were they were regular callers. That was kind that's, of that's kind of cool. And and so then you were the music director during that the beginning of the internet era. Did it affect how you would program the music at all? Um, not really. I mean, it was, you know, I, I think the bigger thing that was going on at that time, uh, when I look back at, at, at my tenure at 97X, is just alternative as a format was just kind of at a crossroads because in 1999, that was when the format really started to embrace a lot of the acts that we didn't play at 97X. So we just didn't feel fit our station or withstand the test of time, like Corn or Limp Bizkit or Eminem. And it was more that there was a pressure from the record labels to play these bands because they couldn't close out the panel. There'd be the one, they'd be missing one station on the alternative chart that, that wasn't playing these acts. And, um, you know, in retrospect, I, uh, Eminem had a, went on to have a great career, but I think we were right about Creed and uh, Limp Bizkit and all those other ones that we didn't play. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was, that was the bigger challenge. It was just, it was, it was just a really weird time. Uh, for the alternative radio format, and you know, it's kind of at that crossroads again right now. It's, it's funny we were having that conversation about some of the acts that are charting right now on alternative, like like Cannons. They're a great act. It's just it's kind of a pop song or almost Monday. You know, these songs are. We, we kind of joke that um, the alternative chart is now the alternative pop chart because it's just <laughs> it's so pop leading now. But uh, you know, this, these things happen in music. There are always things that uh, you know come in and are popular, and these these things come and go in waves. I'm going to get to where you're at now, but where were you at before you came to 97X, and what did you know about the station before you went there? Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Minneapolis, and so I was doing um, I I was in alternative radio for a little bit. I worked at Rev 105 in Minneapolis and uh, started up an alternative radio station in Burlington, Vermont, um, and was just back in Minneapolis working part time at uh, a AAA radio station, Cities 97, and. Uh, yeah, I'd known a lot about 97X. I mean, uh, a lot of the people that had come through the station had gone on to, to really good jobs. And I was 24. I was young. I was hungry. <laughs> I didn't see any opportunities at Cities 97, just working part-time. So, uh, so yeah, once uh, once something opened up at 97X, I applied, and, and, and that's how I got there. Now, what did you think of the music selection and, 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 and uh, uh, the way that, that – the station had a, a wide berth of artists that they played. I mean, was that compared to even Rev and some of the other ones? Was it a, a, a bigger format as far as music choices go? I guess um, I, I, it, it was very similar to Rev. I would say, right. and that was one of the things that attracted me. Is that um, you know, as I alluded to, like I, I was doing, I wasn't doing this for the money. I was doing it for mm -hmm. the you know for the fun. And 
Uh, you know, that's why we were so steadfast about not playing Nickelback in bands mm-hmm. like that, <laughs> or, or, uh, or Orgy or things like that. I mean, there were some really, um, you know, there were some bands that, uh, that we just didn't think fit. And, you know, it's funny, when I left 97X, I went to go work in AAA again at a radio station called WNCS, and a big part of it was just the fact that I saw how the alternative format was moving away from artists that I had embraced my entire career. And I was like, I don't understand why Radiohead is getting played at AAA, or, you know, shortly after that, the indie rock revolution started to to really take off, and bands like Death Cab for Cutie were getting played, charting on AAA before they charted on alternative. So it really... It was, uh, yeah, the, the depth of music is what attracted me to, to, to come work at 97X, absolutely. And, and just being a fiercely independent radio station, um, you know, back then, consolidation in the media industry it was just a few years after the Telecommunications Act. So there were very, there were just a handful of independently owned radio stations like 97X. There was CD 101 and in Columbus. There was, uh, you know, EQX in Albany. There were just these, like, you know, beacons of... Uh, <laughs> of uh, fiery independent radio stations that were, uh, you know, it was really, it was really fun to work at, uh, you know, somebody that was not a huge, like, uh, you know, clear channel or, or major radio corporation. Well, on behalf of every 97X listener ever, thank you for, for being the guardian that kept Creed and Nickelback at bay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, how about the band Skillet? Did you ever think about playing Skillet? <laughs> You know, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I don't think we did play them, so yeah. <laughs> we were too busy with the, you know, Thrush Hermit and Archers of Loaf. Those were, uh, uh, Afghan Wings were still, were still around when, we were, uh, when I was at 97X. That was great. Nice. So then you, you said you went to Vermont after leaving 97X mm-hmm. and more of a AAA, so adult album alternative. Um, if, you know, 97X era, kind of like late era WNKU was a triple A. So maybe just a little bit um, more singer songwriter. How would you describe the difference between alternative and triple A? Yeah, at that time it was a little bit more singer songwriter, but there was also a lot of overlap because there were a lot of artists that we played on 97X as an independent radio station in 1999 that were also considered triple A artists like Bruce Coburn or Sean Colvin. You know, they got their start in alternative back in the day. Darden Smith, you know, before it kind of you know, yeah. got away from that. And then AAA really morphed into, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's having an undue crisis too. I don't want to make it feel like I'm only picking on alternative radio, but, um, you know, there are very few commercial AAA uh, stations left. So there's a really big divide between the commercial ones and then the non-commercial ones, like you referenced, WNKU, which sadly is no longer around. Um, and, and a lot of the non-commercial AAA stations now are very, are very eclectic. They'll play everything from hip-hop to, to indie rock to jazz. I mean, they, they play a really wide variety of music so it's really tough to call triple a format right now um i'm also very proud of when i was at 97x uh we we co-promoted a show with wnk it was a beaver nelson show we both got the presents on it it was i thought it was uh you know <laughs> for people who aren't in the industry it's not that big of a deal but uh i, I thought it was really cool that we were we were playing yeah. nicely in the sandbox with wnku and i thought it was perfect too because i mean the 97x signal really Mm-hmm. You know, it was tough to get in the southern part of the metro, and WNKU was pretty strong down there. And, uh, really? You know, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I know, right? <laughs> Dave is shocked. <laughs> so hard to believe that there was a, an issue with the radio signal, right? So, so tell us what what did you do after you left ninety seven X, and you went to the, to Burlington, and and then you know lead us up to what you're doing now. Yeah, then I ended up in uh, Boulder. I, w- I was music director at KBCO, which was uh, still is a great uh, you know AAA station mm-hmm. 
uh, considered one of the founders of the format. Uh, from there, I worked briefly in Austin at KGSR, uh, got into public radio in Dallas at KXT, helped uh, help kind of get that station on the on the on the map. And now I'm uh, I'm doing two main things. I work on this uh, non-commercial radio uh, collective called Viewhouse. We we partner on a lot of editorial projects. We're doing a lot with NPR Music um, and and helping stations with uh, with video and 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 different editorial projects. So that's a lot of fun. And then also on the side, I work for a company in Boulder called Custom Channels, and they do custom radio stations for businesses. So I'm still in the music industry. I'm still picking music. I still get to listen to a lot of music and work with a lot of great radio stations. I'm just not on the air every day. So um, Now, do you pick a lot of bel canto to play at those uh, places? Is there a lot of bel canto, maybe some uh, Papa Fritas in there? Uh, you know, sometimes, right. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we, you know, we're we're a really small boutique company. We're not we're not one of those huge uh, conglomerates. So generally, the you know the companies we get are really forward thinking about music, and, and some of them really want you know unique music to differentiate themselves from not only their competitors but also to keep their employees happy. Because when you're, when you're doing music for retail, it's a fine line between you know making the average customer who's in there for 15 minutes happy as well as the uh, the tattooed kid who's uh, you know stocking the shelves in the back, <laughs> in the back who's listening for eight hours a day. It's like you gotta you gotta strike that balance. Yeah, and so do they have like does a company say, well, here's our target listener or here's our persona that we want you to program this music for? How, how do you come about putting together a playlist? Yeah, yeah, you know uh, the first. Um, the, uh, the first one I started working with at Custom Channels is actually um, uh, based in Ohio. Uh, they're a, a restaurant called Fusion. And uh, it was great. They gave me their Spotify playlist, and they're just like, look, you know, there's 400 songs in here. Um, go from that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they told me, they were like, look, we're just, you know, you'll notice there hasn't anything on here from the past two years because we're, we're, we're too busy running the company. You know, we're growing. We've got locations in, you know, Dayton and Columbus and Cleveland. So, so yeah, for them, I mean, you know, it's it's different for every uh, business, but for them, they love music, and uh, yeah, I was able to take that playlist and just kind of find artists that are that are similar to that, make it you know keep it current, and and then they provide feedback too. We have a we have a feature where where they can request songs or request songs to be removed too. Like they can say, hey, I you know that band of horses song sucks, take that off or whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it it really it's it's different for every company, but yeah, you'd be surprised. There are a lot of people who uh, are are very. Uh, very music-centric in their in their business, and they wanted to be part of their brand, and we're we're happy to help with that. Have you ever wanted to hop on in there and, and do like a back sell, and then maybe give away a pair of tickets to a show? It's <laughs> sort of an infusion. Yeah. <laughs> go, hey, is that Mark? Is he giving away tickets to the Wigs? Yeah, it is something. Although sometimes I do wonder if I'm reaching more people in uh, you know in, in the in the fusion in Cincinnati than I did doing overnight to 97X. I probably probably do. <laughs> you never know. Might be close sometimes. Yeah, but but the time spent listening is lower now at Fusion than it was at 97X. <laughs> true. True. Good point. <laughs> but what's the benefit to companies then for for your and it's one of your two things uh, of that versus just plugging in their phone to Spotify or whatever and just going for today's mix or whatever. Yeah, well, uh, Spotify is not, uh, they do have a business version. You have to pay for, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's all a licensing thing. Um, playing music off of your iTunes or off your phone or even your CD collection without paying royalties is actually against the law. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of companies go with us just because they've been, they've been rolling the dice. I mean, I think the odds of getting caught, quite frankly, are... <laughs> 
slim to none, but it does happen. And every once in a while, there's a pretty high profile case. I mean, it's much like if you started a bar, you can't just put Comcast on in the bar and show ESPN. You have to buy the the light, the, the, the commercial version of cable because mm-hmm. you're paying for all those extra people that are in your your facility. That's the way we look at it. So, and and yeah, even it's, even it's music on hold, music on hold on your yep. phone, same thing too, because you're entertaining. It's a form of entertainment. It's not you're not doing it for yourself. You're entertaining a group. So uh, that artist Perfect. and writer needs to get, get their royalties from you entertaining them. Okay. And yeah, so you yeah. handle the licensing then, so it's, it's almost like it's off the shelf for a fusion or another restaurant. to. Exactly, exactly. We take care of all that licensing and uh, so they don't, they don't have to worry about it. Because, yeah, if you had an infinite amount of time, and you, could, you could do that on your own. But most people, most people don't want to be hassled with trying to figure out uh, you know, who, uh, who licensed Canadian artists or, or something like that. You know? They won't have to deal with SoCan. <laughs> Um, what did you uh, What did you take away from your time at ninety seven X that you still kind of go Yeah, hey, that was kind of cool. I'm glad we glad I was there for that. Um, you know, it was a really good group of people when I was there. I really, uh, you know, I kept in touch with a lot of them. I, I really had a great time. You know, when I look back at that, there was a great period of music. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I've got my I brought my prop, my uh, my going away gift, the ninety seven X clock, future prop. Oh, so, cool. That's that's no, pretty uh, sure. I think who, who, if I would have been there long enough, uh, I would have gotten the gold watch. But, uh, but yeah, signed by. Uh, <laughs> who, so, so who are some of the people you worked with while at the station there? Uh, I worked with Rick Tile uh, and Couchet. They were doing mornings. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still keep in touch with both those guys, see them regularly. In fact, I hired uh, Rick uh, to work with me at WNCS to try and recreate some of that breakfast club magic at uh, WNCS. And then Rick stayed. He stayed in Vermont and was at Vermont Public Radio for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Just a couple of years ago, so yeah, I keep in touch with Rick. Um, I keep in touch with Couchet. Um, I saw Shibby quite a bit when I was in Austin. It was nice to run into him. Um, and I just read he just had a great article in Texas Monthly, a review of Liz Lambert's film. Yeah, uh, so that was really nice to see. Uh, Forrest Griffin was somebody who was a part-time uh, employee, and I helped him get a job at KGSR. We were both in Austin at the same time, so that was uh, that was kind of fun to sit out and have a beer on a warm. <laughs> Warm summer evening in Austin, or reminisce about 97X. So yeah, it was a great, uh, great group of people. And now, did uh, Rick uh, come to work in Vermont in his speedo? Um, I think he threatened it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think he talked about it occasionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was that lawsuit. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have to see any of that. But uh, yeah, he was, he was still Rick. <laughs> he was still Rick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, it, it sounds like then, so you help Rick find, you know, get a job in Vermont and Forest down in Austin. You know, what, what are Dave and I, chop liver? Come on, hook us up with a gig. <laughs> hey, you know, you want to get into public radio? Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk. No, I'd, I'd rather have our podcast at a fusion restaurant. I think that'd be kind of entertaining. <laughs> I, I could talk to those guys. I think they're a little. Um, uh, I think the people who run it are a little too young to remember ninety seven X, but uh, but you never know. Yeah, and and so, but the uh, I'm still confused on the other gig you have now, View House. We're- oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it, we're we, we operate a, a microsite on NPR Music. It's um, if you go to NPR Music and you click on live sessions, it's a collection of. Uh, of uh, in studio performances from a lot of our uh, a lot of our stations, um, stations like XPN and in, in Philadelphia, where Dan Reed is at now, another 97X alum, mm-hmm. uh, FUV in New York, KCRW in LA, 
uh, we have some some great member stations all across the country. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun to uh, to work with them as well. Okay, and so I think the two jobs are pretty complementary because sometimes they'll be, you know, talking to a, a record label about a recent, you know, a recent band that stopped by, uh, you know, the Colorado Sound or something like that, and we'll talk about that band, and then I'll have a chance to mention, hey, I'm programming that band at you know three or four of these uh, music for retail places, and I discover a lot of new music from from these stations too. You know, sometimes uh, KCRW will bring in a band that I haven't heard of, and I'll be like, this is great. You know, I got to check this out. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's really nice to, to kind of uh, you know to do both. I think I think pretty complimentary. I think we're all kind of the same boat now. We we have to have fifty different channels to find some great new music. It's not the way it used to be. So so any any way that I can find out that it's you know good music that I think I would like, I, I, I'm glad to hear about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I hear that from uh, from a lot of people, you know, that, that uh, you know, they don't know where to go to discover new music. And I, I think part of that, too, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot, too, is that, you know, I, I got into radio, not because I wanted to be on the air, but just because I love music. And I was spending all my money on you know, records and CDs. And I was like, if I can get that for free, that's that's all I want. But now that music's free, it's a little bit different. You know, I mean, now that you can just pay, you know, I, I pay nine $9.99 a month for Apple Music. And it's it's incredible, but then it's the paralysis of choice. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> now you can't listen to everything. It's like, okay, so so where are you going to find that new music? Yeah, um, and that's yeah, that's a tough thing. But I do think music was worth a little bit more when you had to work for it. You know? Yeah, like I agree. When you had to save up your allowance and go to the record store and decide mm-hmm. which one you're going to buy, or you know, listen to the radio. But but uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a great a great group of alumni of uh, yeah. people that have gone through uh, gone through ninety seven X, and uh, yeah, very proud of my time there. It was a lot of fun. 97X. It's just going to be a big party, you know? We've got uh-huh. some great bands coming. Uh-huh. Rumblings from the Big Bush.